we're incredibly excited and proud that later in this bicentenary year for the RNLI, they'll launch a new Shannon-class lifeboat funded from my brother's estate, which will carry the name John Sharp. My name is Anthony Sharp. I think I had a fairly limited knowledge of the RNLI until about four years ago. Although I remember probably going around lifeboat stations as a child. And certainly when we were younger and took our children out to holiday, we also took them around lifeboat stations. My older brother, John, was a successful mathematician by training. He spent his career working in the city of London, and he was in charge of the technology for an important merchant bank. He was married. He uh, had no children, so he wasn't really a seaside visitor, so had very little knowledge of the RNLI. He was uh, uh, an intelligent, well-read, but really quite quiet and introspective man. John died in 2019. Um, he'd retired um, quite some time earlier, and he had spent um, some of his retirement looking at our ancestors and putting together a family tree. Um, so he died, yes, a little bit younger than you would have hoped. He became intrigued. I know he travelled around um, the Yorkshire and the northeast coast looking at parish records and visiting archives and libraries and it looks as though the earliest family member he discovered was around 1350 which really must have required quite some digging but of course he discovered in particular his namesake John Sharp who was Archbishop of York from 1691 to 1714 he was a, an impressive man himself He'd been a privy, privy councillor and chaplain to the king. Um, but I think possibly what was more important was the archbishop's 14 grandchildren, sadly only eight of whom survived into adulthood, which I think was quite common in those days. Um, they were really quite a remarkable group of siblings. They were very well educated. They were intelligent. They were free-thinking pioneers and they became really quite influential in the late 18th century. And it was really only much later, after John died, that we made the connections. I mean, we knew about these 14 um, grandchildren of the Archbishop of York, and who the eldest son, John Sharp, he was born in about 1720. He was a man who, after graduating from Cambridge, went into the church, but it was his later work uh, when he became a trustee of Lord Crewe's estate, that he got involved in really saving lives at sea. When he uh, became trustee of Lord Crewe's charity, the first thing he did was he restored the fabric of Bamburgh Castle. He then turned his attention to what was happening on the coast, which is quite a treacherous piece of coastline. And he started by establishing patrols. If there'd been a storm, he sent a horseback patrol up the coast to see if there was anyone who needed help. Something like a forerunner, if you like, of today's Coast Guard. He also had facilities for shipwrecked sailors. He had facilities for looking after salvaged shipwrecks. 
Um, but it was in 1786 that it was friends from London who recommended that he should get in touch with a man called Lionel Lukin. Lionel Lukin was a coach builder in Essex um, and had a patent on uh, some me uh, mechanisms for uh, making a boat unsinkable, or as he called it, an unemergible boat. And it was Lukin's patented watertight bags and lightweight materials such as cork, which were used to convert a flat bottom boat in Bambra for the sole purpose of saving lives at sea. So a bit like uh, the beginnings of the self-writing lifeboats. And there were also things like instructions explaining how to treat someone who might have been suffering from drowning. So it was really um, extraordinary that this visionary and far-sighted priest uh, with a very wide view of what it meant to look after the welfare of his parishioners established quite an advanced life-saving capability on the northeast coast back in the 1780s. So we are some 40 years before the RNLI was established and I think that was really quite extraordinary. So my brother John, he lived quite modestly, but he was a highly skilled investor and quite successful. And when he died in 2019, he left quite a substantial estate. Uh, and in his will, um, he left a large proportion of the estate to charity to be distributed by the Charities Aid Foundation. But he also left me a letter explaining how he'd like this legacy, if possible, to be used and the kind of charities that he would prefer it to go to. And he did mention a couple by name, one of which was the RNLI. I think it was a relatively simple step for us as a family to take the story of our ancestor, Dr. John Sharp, and his life-saving initiatives at Bambra, with my brother's wish to support a charity like the RNLI. So we're incredibly excited and proud that later in this bicentenary year for the RNLI, they'll launch a new Shannon-class lifeboat funded from my brother's estate, which will carry the name John Sharp. Uh, as a family, we are e extremely proud to be involved in this uh, and very interested and excited and learning a lot more about the RNLI. What would my brother have thought about it? I think he would have uh, stopped, paused, thought for a minute and probably just said, hmm, yes, very clever. Hello, it's Eleanor Hooker here. I'm a volunteer on Loch Derg Lifeboat. You've been listening to part of the Ornalize 200 Voices collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to ornalize.org forward slash 200 voices or subscribe to the Ornalize wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Two Hundred Voices is an adventurous audio limited production for the RNLI.